Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my library, first of all. Yes, this is my virtual library. And why am I in the library? Well, through all of this craziness uh, that we are living through right now, there are some silver linings. So we will have Primrose here to talk about her brand new novel. So I have been dying to read something new, and I hope that uh, this might be the next book that I'm going to be picking up. And as well, we're going to be talking about FUD. Not a fuddy-duddy, but FUD, F-U-D. So stay tuned because we'll have more about what that all means. And probably you might even have some FUD in your life. So let's open the doors now and welcome all of our wonderful ladies. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, we've got a a double header there with Charlotte and Robin. Oh my goodness. Hi, Kirsten. And welcome, Cynthia. Hey, it's so good. And hi, Primrose. I don't quite see you get Primrose, but I hope you're one of our big special guests today, girls. So hopefully uh, we'll get you into the picture too as well. So there she is. Hello. Good morning, Primrose. Hello. Hello. So Cynthia, first of all and foremost, we all send our love across the pond. And uh, that's my first question. How are you doing and how is life now in your new home of England, or where are you now? <laughs> you have to un- you have to unmute yourself. Sorry. Yeah, I I was living in London, uh, central London, for five weeks. So the first two weeks was in um, isolation, and that's honestly here. It's a um, voluntary. It's supposed to be mandatory, but nobody follows up. So, uh, but I followed the rules. And so I was in complete isolation for the first two weeks, figured out how to order food. So that was good. And um, then I had uh, kind of three weeks and now I've moved outside London. Uh, it's an hour by train into London uh, to a small town called Chesham, population about 20,000. So wow. I'm really in the, really in the country. Um, I just have a flatmate or roommate. Um, I've, I've learned here there's a big difference between a roommate and a flatmate. Yeah, a roommate's actually sleeping with you, a flatmate's living with you. <laughs> oh, well, I guess then back yeah. over here, we have a lot of flatmates then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyways, um, so I've had a flatmate move in. So I have company with me, so I'm not living alone. Um, I really love the town. They're warm, they're friendly. Um, yeah, and just kind of adapting and I go for two and three hour walks down country roads. So, yeah. Well, you know, a part of me just is so envious because you are still living the dream, so to speak, of your whole adventure of traveling and you've done it so safely. 
Um, you know, I guess for all of us that are so cocooned in, it's like, oh, you know, even kind of thinking of breaking out is kind of a scary thing. So I will definitely come back to you, mm -hmm. uh, Cynthia, yeah. because we have a lot to chat about. But um, I think our special guest or congratulations is goes to Primrose. You have been kind of teasing when you've been on our chats. Yeah, yeah, and kind of doing some writing. Can you say anything? No, no. But now this is real. You are, you have a book out or, or a novel. It's done. So Tell us the whole story and what is it about as much as you can tell us? Uh, well, I can't tell everything yet, yet and it isn't quite out yet, but I, I've signed the contracts and I'm officially having my first novel uh, published by Great Plains Publications in part of their fall lineup under their Yellow Dog imprint, which is uh, for young adults. So I'm very, very excited about that. <laughs> Okay, so what is the title of the book? And can it, please, please tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. I can take a, tell a little bit. I okay. don't 100% have the title yet. How I, uh, I did have a title. I'm not sold on it yet. I, I have an idea. I have to run it by my publishers first. So we're not releasing the title until the book cover is completed. That way you get to see the pretty picture and the title. It'll, it'll just be fabulous. Uh, but I will say the story is about a 16-year-old, half-Jewish, half-Filipino girl. Uh, and she, uh, I'll do one tease uh, for you guys also. Um, that uh, she is involved in the food world. She likes to cook, uh, as I do. And she learns that the idea of fusion, so when you do fusion cooking, um, that the idea of fusion isn't just about mashing two colors, two, two cultures together. And that, that true fusion is more than just two ethnicities on a plate. So that's my tagline. Uh, and I am going to have recipes in the book as well. <laughs> oh my God, this is incredible. So I want to ask, is this a little bit of an autobiography? <laughs> um, not quite an autobiography. I will say that I am, I, I am Filipino. Uh, I am married to a Jewish man and I've actually converted to Judaism. My children are both half Filipino, half Jewish. And uh, one of the things is that I've, it kind of tells a little bit of their story, not quite. Uh, and a lot of the ideas for the book, uh, like you can imagine, like a lot of it is a metaphor, the whole idea of fusion and combining of cultures. Uh, so it's not just about food. Uh, the idea of having somebody that encompasses both worlds and to be a child growing up in that world, I explore that idea. Wow. What did COVID and this whole isolation and craziness have any kind of, I guess, um, input into the book or affect you in the way that all, you know, you got to, to obviously time to write it, but um, yeah. So the whole process of writing something like this during this time must've been interesting. Um, this year has been really interesting because um, I started off with a lot of momentum writing wise this year. Um, I'm, but for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm a playwright by trade and I have a very cushy job with the government that helps pay the bills. So I, I am quite busy, but the writing is what feeds my soul. Uh, and earlier this year, I had a play that was uh, produced in Toronto 
And I was also asked to be part of the uh, New Works Festival of Pri at Prairie Theater Exchange with a new play. Um, that all fell through because of COVID, unfortunately. And it felt like all this momentum I had with writing had come just to a sudden crash. And I felt like really torn because I wanted to do more writing, but I felt like, is it going to go anywhere? I'm so stressed out because my kids are home and I still had to work full time. Um, so it wasn't that COVID made the writing easier. It made it more difficult because I just felt like I didn't have time or motivation to write because the, the festival that I was supposed to be in during May had been canceled. And all of a sudden in July, I got an idea and I discussed it with my son, my oldest son, Jericho, and he was on board with the idea. And I thought, I'm going to start writing this. And a lot of people have asked me in the past uh, couple of weeks since I made the announcement, like, how do you start writing? How do you start this creativity? And what it came down to is like, you just have to do it. And what I, I the approach that I took was that I wrote a page a day. Uh, sometimes I'd write half an hour a day. Sometimes I would write a, uh, I still think I like a playwright. So I'd write a scene a day. So an action. And then it came to a point where it all started to flow. And I was writing, uh, writing for hours each day and writing entire chapters each day. And as the characters became alive and spoke to me, all of a sudden the creativity just came and, and, and just, just flooded me. And I was able to write an entire 65,000 word novel in the course of two months. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, and probably, you know, Robin, Kirsten, and Charlotte could attest to this. As you're talking to, you can feel the excitement. You can feel you're reliving that and how it must have affected you mentally too, correct? Am I not? you know, Primrose, um, and certainly brought happiness and joy and lifted off that dark cloud probably that had been stopping you from writing for so long. Well, it was, for, for years I didn't write because I had children and they, you know, they suck up all your time. And uh, I started writing again in the past few years, but it's been slow going because of work and everything. And with this kind of stop, with, I, I wasn't involved in Folklorama this year. I'm almost always involved with Folklorama. There weren't kids activities. Um, there, they started to ease off of work and they realized that the expectations that they had, we, they couldn't return to, we couldn't return to what the productivity we had before. And so my, my brain kind of like lightened, but at the same time there was a void and I needed to fill it with something. And I filled it with creativity and writing. And I felt I'm sure that like, this is like t a typical thing that people say that when you put out an energy into the universe, it comes back to you. And once I started writing and the book started working out, other things came. <coughs> uh, I announced a few weeks ago as well on my, uh, on my socials that I was also uh, commissioned to write a, a short play for Royal Manitoba Theater Center. Uh, that's going to take place at the um, Canadian Human Rights Museum. It's uh, still, for now, it's still going on. It's at the end of November. It's called Tiny Plays, Big Ideas. It's unfortunately sold out. They may be adding more shows, 
but that came my way as well. Um, and I wrote a play and it only took me about a week to write a short 10 minute play. Uh, and I'm currently working on the second draft. And, and I haven't announced this yet on my socials, but I've been asked to be part of another festival that the date's still to be announced. And it was like, everything started to rain down and in a good way. And all of a sudden, all these opportunities came my way. And I feel that a big part of it was that I opened myself up to being creative and the creative opportunities came my way. Yes, so true, so true. Wow, well, we're so proud of you. So we can hardly wait. Uh, oh, by the way, who's doing the book cover? Can you tell I don't that? Know that. Oh, we don't know that. Don't oh, know yet. Was so that part of the publishing company? They handle that, or or, or and do you have any input into what the book cover will look like? I have no idea. <laughs> this is all very new to me, so I'm not exactly sure, and I don't even know the questions to ask at this point. Because like right now, we're so early in the stage. I put in the first draft, signed the contracts, and. Uh, I was able to announce finally, and now I'm working on the second draft, and we'll go from there. Okay, well, so you're going to have to come back and tell us all about the ins and outs now of getting a book published <laughs> once you know. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you have your choice on who you can have on the cover, you know, like go for it. <laughs> uh, so. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. And so thank you for giving a plug about the Royal MTC. I know they had to cancel their season. And I had uh, known about this kind of moving to mini programming. And I saw your name, too, as one of the playwrights. Yeah, you're saying, unfortunately, it's sold out. But let's, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, it will be, you know, you, it'll be able to happen because it's been pretty crazy here. So, Cynthia, just to kind of fill you in, um, we're not doing so well here. It's kind of, kind of well, not kind of scary. It is scary. We've had outbreaks in the in a couple of the hospitals, and we our numbers could be at five thousand cases, new cases or active cases by the end of this week, which is unheard of. Uh, they shut us down in lockdown when we had under three hundred cases, so um, it's pretty uh, pretty scary times. But I know that it is definitely scary in London and England too, as well. Uh, so I did come across uh, something on your LinkedIn that actually I had to look up because I did not understand what you were talking about. But um, okay. talking about FUD, maybe yeah, you could FUD. read a book about this, Primrose, but FUD, take it away. And it's not fuddy-duddy, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, so the concept of FUD is something I've had for a long time. And, you know, it is part of the book that I am writing that, is it's not it's not even till a 2021 thing till I plan to have it written. But this is actually a tool that I learned in my executive days in Winnipeg, and that was um, FUD stands FUD stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And what I've learned through this whole um, exercise that I've been through is. Some folks have different names for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, you know, sometimes when folks talk about mental health and that, and they kind of talk about this darkness in their life. And 
um, you know, I've been down that path twice myself and, and continue to um, wrestle it. But the whole idea is that, you know, fear is what says to you, I can't do this, right? And uncertainty says, I'm not sure about this. And doubt says, no, you can't do this. And so we all have it in our life. And every time you kind of hear that little voice and it goes, oh, you know, you're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do this on and on. That's FUD talking to us. And the whole idea was learning how to deal with fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It's not like, you know, once done and gone, it's always there. And sometimes you can make it quiet and sometimes it gets really loud. So when I wrote that piece, I was actually coming off struggling a, a very hard week. And, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Robin, who um, actually had messaged me and was talking to me through that week. So thank you. Um, I, I made it through. But one of the things that I'd learned was, you know, when I was in Winnipeg, I was, you know, going through therapy and working with specialists and lots of different things. Plus, you know, I had 30 years executive career. So I worked on skills to develop people. And what I've learned is a whole bunch more tools to develop me. And what I had to do in this case was to apply them into the case. And, you know, it's interesting the way that Primrose had talked about. And by the way, congratulations on your book, Primrose. That's awesome. And all those creative. That's beautiful. Um, but it was learning to turn it. And, and I'll give you one example. It was sitting back and questioning myself saying, is this path that I'm on of sharing this message about acceptance without understanding? Is this what I'm doing? Because it's not financially sustaining me. Um, it's not going to, you know, why should I be doing this the whole bit? And I actually went back and looked. And what it was is I was trying to write for the purpose of monetizing what I was doing. I wasn't writing for the purpose of sharing the message from my heart, the message that I believe I've been given at a spiritual level in order to take forward and share with everybody of how to live this philosophical life journey of acceptance without understanding. And so fear, uncertainty and doubt was causing me to question all of that. And really all I had to do was to let it go, to go, yeah, I hear you, but I'm not going to listen to you and to kind of work through it. And so this piece was written not from any other purpose, but simply I let the message flow through. Um, and since that article, I think there's about seven or eight new articles that I've published. Every one of them, they're like a four or five minute read. Um, and the whole idea is I'm writing from a different place. I'm not looking to monetize it and turn it in. And, uh, you know, Primrose is right. It's like coming back. I've all of a sudden had little things, just little things start to pop up, you know, just as simple as um, on my website, somebody voluntarily subscribed to want to hear about my upcoming news and release and so forth, um, where I was going to share previews of some of the chapters from my book. Um, I had um, a partnership created with another coach in um, Israel um, for us to actually do a, a program for the LGBT community globally um, with us working um, and obviously online to deal with it. 
Um, and I even had a UK company reach out to do that. And in my acquaintance network, I've had somebody reach out and say, yeah, they really think their mom and their sister could use some life coaching um, and they wanted to buy it for them for Christmas. So is that something I kind of do and would entertain? And so, you know, we kind of talked about it. So by not asking for it and just allow it to come to me, it's kind of opened me up. Um, and so that was just a particular article of how that negative thought, fear, uncertainty, and doubt kept playing in. And it was, you know, it was about work. It was about personal life and relationships and loneliness and finances and business. It was all over. Um, and it just was, yeah, you know what? These were all issues I knew were coming and I just need to own it. And, but I need to, like I said, hear it, but not listen to it. Um, and that kind of allows me to move forward um, into it. So that's kind of a short version, you know, of what I'd written and uh, put out there and kind of why, why it was inspired um, that particular day. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. You never cease to amaze me. Okay. Well, now that you've solved all the world's problems, thank you, Cynthia. Now let's fingers You're crossed awesome. for next Tuesday when there's a big election coming up, but who knows? Oh, no, uh, that's, an that's another topic. Uh, oh, I know how that's going to work out though. Oh, you do? Well, yeah, it's my birthday. So I asked for my, for my birthday, I want the election to go a particular way. So I just asked for that. So it's going to happen. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> well, you join us then next, next week. We'll wish you a happy birthday and, and hopefully celebrate. I'm gonna take it over to, uh, well, Charlotte and Robin and, and certainly Kristen can ch chime in here. So talking or listening to Cynthia, what was running through my mind was, uh, we're always looking for affirmation, you know, right? We're always looking for that. And, and when we don't get it, it just seems to be the end of the world. So I guess my kind of question to you then, Robin, uh, you know, is when you were, in conversation or messaging uh, Cynthia that week, you know, could you tell that she was, or what did you do to talk to, talk to her that she had this epiphany or whatnot? What magic spell did you use? <laughs> My incredible charm. Uh, no, um, uh, look, I, you know, I don't know. I, I keep talking about my big theme is, if we just get our human back on and we actually want to find out what's happening for each person, like there's nothing, there's not a formula for me about, oh, if someone sounds like this, I'm going to say these kind of things. I think, um, I think the big thing for me is what's happening for that person and wanting to find out how they feel about it, why they feel about it and just have a chat. I didn't like, Cynthia got there like all on her own. She was just chatting away and then it was like, oh, I feel a bit better. And I think when we really engage passionately with people to just be in a conversation that has the ability to open people up for possibilities for themselves. And I, I think one of the things you said is we, we all want affirmation and that's, and we do, but then sometimes when we get it, we get all coy and shy and embarrassed about it. And it's like, oh, like, that's not really me. 
right? And I, um, that sounds weird, but it's really pertinent at the moment because we've had some people sending exceedingly lovely emails to us about our courses and I get super excited and I want to share it and then, you know, I'm, I'm sharing it with the person I'm dating and then I get super embarrassed that I share it because I'm like, this isn't about me getting a big head. And it, it's this weird push and pull tension of, oh, my God, I'm so excited that someone loves what I do. But if I share that, am I just this big head conceited arsehole? Like it's, I don't know. I, I think lots of people have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the piece is like sometimes we just have to work out how to take affirmation from ourselves. And I've been talking in classes I've been running lately about compassion and empathy for ourselves, but also like acknowledging the cool stuff that we do for ourselves too. Like we don't often go, wow, I did that super well. Um, But so I, I think it's that place that, External affirmation is great and it supports us. And I think we have to start looking at how do we also do that for ourselves? Because sometimes we're going to be in places where we're not going to get that external stuff. Um, You know, I'm uh, uh, supporting someone at the moment who was on the phone to me for hours the other day, like seriously, what they were going to do to no longer be on the planet and we're in this conversation every day at the moment about how what are they going to do for themselves because they were relying on other people to have them feel super happy and I, I think even if we can find one thing in a day that says yeah that's an internal feeling we have a shot at it I just stupid sorry I don't know if I answered your question. I have no idea. See, what what did I do? I don't know. No, no, no. You know what? You end up answering it sort of, but I just like, you know, get caught up in what you're talking about. So, hey, it's it's like water coming off of me. (laughs) Charlotte, do you want to add anything? No, I was just... Thinking of Cynthia's words about when, oh, you're so funny, Robin. When um, what you were doing wasn't aligning with your values of yourself and then having that aha moment to take it to where, you know, where you really wanted to go. And that's one thing that Robin and I are constantly doing, you know, bringing it back to um, our own personal values and our company's values. Mm-hmm. And if are, is it aligning with what we believe to be? And is it passing that, um, test of are we does it support the brand like the Ron Priest live your truth but it also doesn't support our vision and, and what what it means to us so um, your shift when you were talking Cynthia mm-hmm. from when you went from I was only doing it for monetary gain to this is where my passion and that's when stuff started to happen for you and you see that happen so often and mm-hmm. and super proud of you re- realizing that and recognizing it and then shifting so uh that's where my head went on that one. You want to add to it, Robin? Great conversation, Charlotte. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> well done. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, probably not unlike what Primrose was uh, talking about with her experience too. And I, I'm sure Primrose, you can obviously, yeah, we, we had talked about it, but I was just going to ask you when you're like kind of in that whole creative environment and everything is coming into you and the words and everything are falling onto the page. Do you have conversations with your characters or I guess it would be conversations with yourself or with, and because I can, I don't know, I've always thought or dreamed of being able to write a book, but, um, but certainly it, it does, it is a process. So do you have conversations? Absolutely. Uh, they become real people and it, it kind of drives my family crazy. Cause I'll be literally talking out loud and they're like, I'm in the bedroom. And they're in the living room or in the basement or whatever. And they're asking, who are you talking to? And then like myself, myself in my head, like I'm talking to them. Um, and I find myself, like I'd be angry when terrible things would happen or, or when something sad would happen, I'd be in the bedroom, just bawling my eyes out. And the family would come and put their arms around me and they're like, what happened? And I'll be like, this happened to so-and-so. They're like, who? Who like, they're in the book. <laughs> I think maybe part of it's from my theater and acting background that mm. when you're when, when you're an actor, you know, you become the character. Uh, as a playwright, I become all the characters. And what was interesting about this book and even the two plays that I've written recently, um, I don't always have an ending in mind. Uh, I don't always know where the story goes. I write my outline. I have my ideas. And then when I start, I start coming up with the ideas, start writing and writing the words, I get into the characters and they tell me what happened to them and what they're going to do. And I write it down and I'm discovering their story uh, and then putting it together as a full comprehensive story in this full world. And it's, it's a really crazy place to be because I'm, I'm actually like in three different areas right now in my head. Uh, but it's fun. It's just really fun. And, and, and this, I've never written this much at the same time before. And, and it's almost kind of, uh, it can be a little like a little confusing sometimes because sometimes yeah. they blend. I don't, I don't mind that because we all live different lives. I'm a different person from at work. I'm a different person when I'm with my friends. This is the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it must be confusing. Yeah, go ahead. I do want to say something, right? In different circumstances, there'd be a whole lot of people going, hmm, she might be a little crazy. <laughs> we have to medicate her. But, like, we're listening and we're all, like, super cool. The, the voices are talking to you and they're telling you what they're doing. And... It's that place that why can't we do that for everyone, right? Instead of going, that person's crazy because they're hearing a voice, but this person's super creative because they're writing this amazing book. Don't get me wrong, Primrose. I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm just saying, isn't it interesting? Exactly the same experience can be seen in so many different ways. Why can't we have a world that is just joyful about the experiences if it's not having this massive impact and disrupting their lives and if it's disruptive instead of dying we have to get rid of that go how do we live well with it 
sorry, I just, it was like, I, we had to jump in. <laughs> no, that completely makes sense. Because the way I talk, I know the way I talk about my characters. People are like, what? And even my kids, they're a little confused because they've never seen me in, <laughs> they've never seen me in this mode like so deeply in this mode before uh because since my kids have been I, I i have a 12 year old and since they've been around they've never really seen me this deep into it mm-hmm. and they're old enough to see this side of me now i think my husband he's seen this all the time so he's used to it but i i like being able to introduce them to this world and and it's kind of bled onto them my my oldest son Jericho, he's 12, and he plays a superhero game with his brother, and they pretend they're both superheroes, and they're not the Marvel superheroes or the DC superheroes. They're like, I'm sponsorship man, and he'll just make up ads. I'm fuzzy socks kid, and they change their superheroes all the time, and what my oldest son started doing is writing down the storylines they come up with, and he's taking the pretend like mommy does and writing it down I was so and and I found that out by accident because I I just happened to see where he was writing it and I thought this is amazing they're doing it too (laughs) why can't we all do that take how we pretend and how we think and how we're creative write it down and 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 become and be and have fun and have joy yeah (laughs) it just another one should do I think we've just created now a new outlet. I'm, I'm going to get Kirsten into the conversation now because Kirsten's our, our big, you know, family advocate and everything like that. And, you know, just talking about, because right now it, it, it is so heavy. It's such a, a FUD here right now. And just talking about finding, you know, that affirmation, maybe it's self-affirmation like Robin said, but then we don't want to overdo it. But then can't we just be a little bit fun and crazy like primrose and and do something wacky and and i guess too that's all part of you know the family unit too as well right kirsten as far as like having inhibitions and not being able to fully you know express ourselves you know i I find this conversation so fun and um uh, it's just a really good conversation i have to congratulate you primrose on your book and that sounds so interesting and I love the idea with the recipes, so I'm looking forward to that. And Cynthia, it's nice to see you as well. And I have to share with you, acceptance without understanding. I should give you a royalty for how many times I say that. Now when I'm working with parents who are um, stuck in a place of not willing to um, shift to understand or accept, um, so I use that often and I've uh, kind of incorporated that um, into even an advocate workshop when you're advocating on behalf of your, your young adult or your child with family members and family members, you know, depending on their background, their age, I don't mean to sound, um, but sometimes older folks don't quite understand mental health uh, behaviors, diagnoses illnesses so when you actually challenge them with like well how about acceptance without understanding like I love it so thank you and I think I totally went off board on that uh but as far as families going and you know I know hearing the uh the the, what's happening with your the intensity of your work and your passion 
and how that's just kind of like going into uh, the rest of the members of your home. And I'm so glad you got to see what your son was doing because um, you know what, that's exactly what should be happening. Um, what's happening, you know, what's happening with us and our passion, our excitement should be contagious in the most positive way uh, in our homes. And you know that thinking about that, that goes both ways. And Charlotte and I, when we work with families, we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, when things are really heavy and hard, um, you know, because when one person in the home is struggling with a mental health uh, concern or crisis, the entire family within the home is struggling with that mental health concern and crisis. And, um, you know, that, that energy that we bring as parents, again, that uh, anxiety that we're not able to keep in check and that, that fear, that, that true fear um, that, uh, and we don't have understanding and we're actually terrified of what's gonna happen next. Um, if we don't have that in check, it just, it just kind of swirls around within the home and, and is contagious. So um, that's something Charlotte and I work on a lot with families is just making sure that they, they take a step back, um, um, pause to take ownership of their own mental health, both, well, their health physically and mentally and, and look at what's happening for them. And, um, and then kind of regroup on how they're going to move forward within the family, because we all absolutely play a role. Um, so that's where my head went with that conversation. I don't know if I answered your question, Tracy. <laughs> No, no, it's not about answering my question. It's just coming into the conversation. I just throw out something just maybe to get you kind of thinking. But uh, so we covered all of this now. And as we move forward, I, I don't know. It, it's like we're getting into November now. And it just seems like, um, does it not seem that we're still kind of in this void or vortex of you're you're it's like we're moving forward but we're not moving forward I don't know it, it's just so hard to kind of explain um Robin and Charlotte just sort of like the mental kind of I guess psyche th that people are going through what is it like like you know before when you start it's a crisis but now it's kind of it's like almost like it, it's gray you know it's it's not black doom and gloom it's not you know blue and sunny skies it's gray I, th I think uh, I, I hear this term all over the place about, um, no, I forgot the term. It was there, it went, I have old age, I forgot. Um, it, it's, it's fatigue at the moment. Like we thought like this was coming in and everyone was like, oh, it's going to be a few months, it'll be sorted. And, you know, if I think about Manitoba, like it's, it's like going, and like I talk to my family in Australia, I talk to my friends in New Zealand, and like New Zealand's got nothing. There's, there is no change to their lifestyle whatsoever at the moment because of what happened early on, because of what happened when they got like four cases shut down Auckland, boom, two weeks, done, dusted. That they're like, their life is back to normal, apart from you can't leave the country, right, or come in, you know. Um, and so I, like, I watch it in Australia too and they don't have, they've still got restrictions around. They've only had 905 deaths, not too different a population than Canada. Um, and But they're still fatigued too. I think people are like, 
we had that adrenaline running at the start, like in our heads were like, oh, we just, we can get through this. We can gut it out. And because there's, there's not really an end in sight, I think people are really starting to struggle with, I want to be able to see my family. I want to be able to go on a vacation. I want something different than what's been happening this last, what, seven months, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And uh, I think for me, one of the things I, I did, uh, because I, I can't see my family, there's absolutely no way. They're in Australia, it's not happening. And like I had to get to a place where I went, the earliest I'm going to see them is 2022. That's the earliest I think I'll see my family. And when I actually put that into my head, it made it a little easier because I wasn't like, oh, is it going to be in a couple of months? Is it going to be Christmas? Is it going to be this? And I went, if I get earlier than that, that's just a bonus. I'll be like, yeah. But, but the place for me is starting to think about what do I think the, the long game is rather than still trying to sit with that, I mean, we talk about pivoting, we talk about being flexible, but I think there's a place where, and I know, like it was just me, but I've got some friends that have done it too. Here's when we think, 2022 maybe, and if I sit in a place that goes, well, it's going to be like this, what am I put in place until then? I don't feel like I have the same fatigue that I have um, when I'm in that limbo, if that makes sense. But people have to work out what it is for them. So some people are very good at being in the moment and just in the moment. I'm in this moment and this one and this one. Um, and then other people are like running around like chickens with their head cut off because they don't know what's going to happen. And so people have got to work out what's going to I know, weird analogy. It's an Australian thing. Um, but, but, but it's that, that I, I think we've got to support each other in however that other person can be in a conversation. Like chatting with Cynthia was just, I'm with Cynthia right now and I'm going to chat about what's important to her. Um, yeah. And I think it's that piece. I, yeah. I don't know. You got anything to add? Come on, you can. Go a little shorter in just even the weeks. Like I know last week for most of us really dragged. I mean, I know Kirsten and I had a busy work week um, that Tracy, you were part of, but it just seemed like the the week was so long and so, uh, um, I don't know. It just seems like everybody, including myself, are really struggling with um, weeks are hard. Like days are hard. Um, We're not... Um, I think back on um, Susie had a post where she was all dolled up and and her kids were asking where are you going and she says the kitchen I mean we don't have much to look forward to so we're making humor and um, you know dress up just to you know go to the kitchen or whatever Um, I know this morning I said to Rob and and Shelby I said I think I'm going to start wearing my fun earrings to each you know zoom course that we're offering just to spice things up so we're having to get creative and find humor in that too, because the, the weeks are in it. And as the days, the sunlight gets 
shorter, our days get darker. Um, we have to keep our, our own mental health in check and, uh, and, and looking at what that looks like for us individually and then how to support um, our family and friends as well. Your dog's snoring. Oh my <laughs> snoring in the background. I can pick her up and show her. Okay, so. Oh my goodness. So next week, I really want to, I want to do an election party. So, you know, I, I, yeah, we can't say whatever, what's going to happen, but um, uh, unfortunately, well, my, my dad is staying with us right now because he's convalescing after surgery. So he's constantly got CNN on and oh my God, uh, that is not good to watch. No, 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 no. But anyways, um, I'm very excited. So for sure, Charlotte and Cynthia, you have to be on. Well, Robin, just, just as for sheer entertainment. And uh, Judy, our, our oh, <laughs> Rose has been so good. Uh. <laughs> well, given I'm sheer entertainment, I do want to give a big plug to New Zealand. I don't know if anyone saw their election, but Jacinta, Jacinta, whipped everyone's butt they had the highest majority in 50 years everyone went oh, she did oh. this she kept this country alive in so many things oh i got goosebumps so oh. um, you know we well, we can invite her can she come on, can she come on our zoom chat yeah yeah we let's just invite hope her. another country has a good time next week because I'm super glad I moved to Canada. That's all I can say. <laughs> and you're living in Texas of any state. Oh my right? God, no. <laughs> yeah. Also, Primrose, yeah, maybe you'll get some more um, ideas for uh, another book, right? When all of this happens. But I want to send, like, when the book comes out, um, I would love to do a reading and a full discussion because now we can have full disclosure of everything in the book. And, uh, and especially we want to see who's on the cover of your book as well, because that would make it all so great. But oh, I'm so happy for you. I mean, this is so kind of cool, like within our our group that, you know, good things happen and you stay safe, Miss Cynthia, and we love you. And uh, thank you for all that you do and give us and, you know, embrace us too as well. And thanks so much, Kirsten and Charlotte, as always. Great, great. Okay, so mm -hmm. next week, bring your flags. Canada, U.S. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's going to be an interesting week next week. I and I can relate, Tracy. Um, my parents love CNN, and they live half time in the states. So um, it's yeah, I get where you're coming from. Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. A bigger swirl. Add a little fox in there just to uh, oh change it a little. <laughs> You know, and ladies, we all have to have our hair coiffed and wear like, you know, sexy, like, you know, you know, dresses and everything like that and high heels. Okay? Really? Me too? Yes. No. Yes. I know. That's beautiful. I love the color. Great color. Well, thank you so much, everybody. You know what? Have a great day. Enjoy the grayness, but uh, there will be sunshine coming out soon. Okay. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Tracy. Okay, Thank you. Take care. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeq.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Do. 
did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.